<laughs> what did that sound like? I don't know. What did it sound like? <laughs> That's gonna be the, um, the yeah. Sophia Samaha, and this is I Don't Know Any Straight People Anymore, in which we push the gay agenda, and that's all. That, there's no joke. It, we're just pushing the gay agenda. I'm very serious about it. All right. Today I'm here with my friend Wiley. Hi, Wiley. Hi. <laughs> Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? So, I'm Wiley. I'm 23. I have graduated from Northeastern before. I am now trying to figure out what to do other than mechanical engineering because that's right out. And so I'm just trying some stuff out and being a 20 year old as best as I can. I live in Boston and I'm a Cancer Sun (laughs) and a Aries Moon and a Scorpio Rising. But I also, I feel like the most relevant one, though, for the podcast is that I'm Leo Mercury. So we'll see if um, that helps me out. You're going to have I'm to. I'm ex- not going to explain. No. No. no the, okay. The people who get it, get it. Okay. <laughs> I just, I, I know that I'm not one of the people who gets it, so. <laughs> just, like, bits. I just, like, riffing and <laughs> and making everything a little performance. Mm. Yeah. I love that. I love that description. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, welcome. I'm really excited to talk to you today. Me too. I feel like you're one of the people that I have. We have a lot of like great conversations about being queer and stuff. And so I'm excited to like just be recording it a little bit. It's mm-hmm. going to be fun. So just to start off, I would love to hear more about uh, what being queer means to you, like what, um, how you identify and how you got there. Mm-hmm. So I think of identity as just like a list of words that I use in different situations. So mm-hmm. pretty much all the time I use the word queer, I use the word trans, and most of the time I would say I'm non-binary except for when I'm being very secretive. Although in that case I probably wouldn't say that I was queer or trans either. I don't know. I'm I'm still in... Uh, as far as other people perceive me, I'm in a space of plausible deniability where I can just mm. kind of be however people want. They can see whatever they want to see. Mm. And so I'm a bit of a shapeshifter in that sense. But I guess when I'm most comfortable, it would be when I feel like I can be expressing the whole entire range of my queerness and transness and yeah and just (laughs) and feel comfortable doing that and and have fun doing that yeah and I as far as how I got here I I don't know I (laughs) there's a bit of like rewriting history that I feel like I haven't decided how much Mm. I want to do and be like oh, I was always this way versus, like, I actually was, you know, a straight woman at any point in my life. Yeah. But, so, like, whatever language you would use for that, like, 
I thought I was a straight cis woman, but wasn't really that convinced. Um, (laughs) And then I thought that I was a really good ally, and then I thought, oh, (laughs) I'm probably bisexual, which I'd probably say Like, what age range was that? Mm -hmm. Um, When I was, like, 14 or 15. Mm. And then, yeah, I really don't remember when I was maybe like my second year of college or something like that I was like yeah like I feel like my gender is just queer and like my sexuality is just queer and like that's it like that's the whole story Mm -hmm. but then somehow when I like realized that I was trans a year or so later I was just so shocked Mm. what but not (laughs) not me like I could never be Mm. trans you know I'm just not you know i it's just it just felt more it just felt kind of complicated and kind of completely encapsulated by my queerness and until I realized that I wanted to do things about it Mm. yeah so by that do you mean like you were kind of feeling a certain way and then you were like oh I can use this language and I can do these things to sort of make that more of a reality or like realize it more yeah it was kind of like I like to introduce things into my life first by kind of just joking about them and being like, ha like, what if I remember the first time that I asked somebody if they could call me their boyfriend, I was like, wouldn't that be so funny if like, <laughs> like hear me out, hear me out. Like if I was your boyfriend, like that would be so weird and like creepy and everyone would be like, what? Um, and then kind of just like go in cycles of that until... I reach a point where I'm comfortable just being like, okay, fine. I guess this is just like who I am for real. Like, I guess it's not. Yeah. Was it just a silly little joke? It's not just like a silly little, yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Another thing I'm kind of wondering is like sort of going off the question of like, do you think you were like always this way versus Mm -hmm. it was sort of like an evolving thing? Like we've discussed before, like you have felt like it's like different people like that you have been different people throughout your life versus it's all just one cohesive person Mm -hmm. and I guess I'm wondering like if you think there's anything like like what it was societally or like in your life that made that hmm, this is like a very big question like made that hard to navigate and hard hard Mm -hmm. to figure out in the end and and get to your like eventual how you exist now Mm -hmm. yeah that's a good question so I'm going to start by saying I stand by every decision I've ever made. <laughs> I think that I was protecting myself really well and doing exactly what I needed to do at that point. And, you know, at some points in time, I could have had some conception of, like, being queer, but I knew that it it wasn't something that I really had much of a model of, like, seeing... I didn't really see a model of being a queer person in my life until high school, which mm-hmm. is when I realized that I was queer. Like, how was the place you grew up grew up in terms of being accepting or mm-hmm. tolerant? I feel like that's that's probably more relevant in high school because even when I came to terms with my sexuality, I thought at the time, you know, like, I'm not out like I've never been I I was never out my whole time at high school but I bet people probably knew and they just didn't care Mm. or they just didn't really think about me 
in general at all. That's like, how it's a I lot... felt in high school. I don't think anyone yeah. thought about me. It's a lot easier and safer to be like seen as a girl who is queer or who like maybe something else is going on like gender wise or whatever like it was pretty easy to hide that in the ways that I would need to in order to have no attention called to myself and I know that that would not have been the case like in other situate in a lot of other situations yeah and then I definitely had to be away from home to kind of realize the gender stuff just Mm. because even in the most basic way like if I've been raised to be one person and my identity ends up being completely different than how everyone who raised me thought it was then it's really hard to just start over with that without or it was really hard for me to just spontaneously kind of rebrand yeah so I think it really helped that I when I like went and lived abroad for a while and didn't go home as much after that and stuff like that it gave me more space to figure out who I was not in relation to my family yeah 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 but I mean it also makes sense why why in my town I wasn't like I'm here and I'm queer and I'm trans and like get used to it like that wasn't really Mm -hmm. something that there was any space for and it was definitely safer to just yeah fly under the radar Mm -hmm. if that was possible yeah that makes sense yeah yeah I feel like I'm like choosing my words carefully because I don't want to I don't want to like demonize anyone in my town also like so many more of them were queer than than just me like I know yeah no there's there's always a lot of queer people Mm -hmm. I feel like kind of a measure of like how easy it is to be queer in a in a certain town is like when people go to college and you see how many people like immediately are like hi I'm out like that um to me I was like there's there were like a couple people from my hometown who like the second we went to college they were like posting on social media like look I've got like I've got a you know I've got a partner I'm queer it's like oh so I wasn't the only gay person in my high school yeah definitely not yeah yeah so I guess I'm would love to talk a bit more about like the for lack of a better word the transition from like being saying like yeah I'm like a bisexual woman Mm -hmm. and then like oh maybe I'm not and Mm then I'm trans Mm -hmm. so like how did that was there any kind of catalyst for that or was it just like a slow realization Mm -hmm. I think just like with sexuality like I just needed to interact with any person that I kind of saw myself in in order to realize that being queer or trans isn't just like how it is in the media which at both times in my life like there was really no positive or relatable content that I could kind of Mm -hmm. see myself in for both of those cases so yeah meeting non-binary people who made me realize that it didn't and meeting non-binary people who identified as trans who made me realize that it didn't have to be like one particular way where I was either like my options were transition and live as like a stealth binary trans man for the rest of my life or do nothing and just kind of keep operating the way that I Mm -hmm, have been before mm -hmm. which is just in this nebulous place that 
I think exists in queer community, especially when you're like for a while I was identifying as a lesbian. And through that, I think there was a bit of like, therefore, I can express myself in all of these ways and it doesn't have to mean Mm. anything. Yeah. Like you're like, you can be like, I'm, I'm a lesbian, but I do this and I do this. Or like, I'm a lesbian and that explains why I act like this and why I Mm. like relate to male characters or why I want to dress like this or Mm -hmm, whatever. Like mm -hmm. a lot can kind of be explained away. Yeah. And specifically talking about still, like, the type of lesbian that, like, was in media Mm -hmm. in, like, even just, well, now too, but in, like, 2018 or whatever, where I don't know if there's any, like, trans lesbians on TV now, so. Yeah, I don't. (laughs) They're definitely, like, I didn't think of that as being, like, a separate identity label, Mm -hmm. really. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel, do you feel like media representation has changed since the time you were figuring these things out, or do you still feel like there's a long way to go? Yeah, I think mostly what changed is the type of media that I consumed. Like, instead of looking to, like, mainstream TV channels or anything like that, I just followed the people I actually could relate to, like, on YouTube Mm. and on Mm -hmm. social media and things like that. I think that's been really huge for seeing such a wide variety yeah, of people. Yeah. Like TikTok, I think yeah. especially. Oh, TikTok was huge for me in like my gender realizations. Like yeah. I don't know where I would be if I hadn't <laughs> been able to see like such a wide range of TikTok trans people. Yeah. I had a note on my phone when I was first coming to terms with being trans that was like the five or so TikTok users that I had found yeah. when I was first getting onto the app who were also trans. Mm-hmm. And I was I was really hanging on to them like so tightly <laughs> as like, you know, this being is some, this is the blueprint. Yeah, like this is some proof that this could happen and like they used to look kind of like me and maybe I could look kind of like them, which jury's still out on that <laughs> one. But but no, over the past few years I've also to found people who have physically transitioned and still aren't assumed to be cis. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's been there's been a lot of media that I've kind of created. Um, what's it called? Like curated. Yeah, curated for myself. That's made it so I don't have to rely on yeah movies and TV and stuff like that. That's a really good answer to that because I feel like it's there's a lot of catching up to do and like why wait when there's this stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and supporting smaller creators, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't really expect to. I don't really engage in many conversations about how to make mainstream society more inclusive of trans people, and I don't tend to spend a lot of energy thinking about, like, representation in TV and movies and things like that, or, like, representation in the workplace. Like, those just really aren't things that I spend a lot of my energy thinking about I think a lot more about on the community level Mm. like how how we as a trans community can be supporting each other yeah and making connections there and that matters to me so much more than like when I made that focus group Mm -hmm. at one of my internships it was so much more about me wanting to build bonds with the other queer people at the workplace yeah 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 and it was just kind of 
with the excuse of it being an employee resource group because that was kind of the only way that I could do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it, it was never actually about, like, programming or, like, mm. externally facing, like, messages about pride or anything like that. Like, I really had no interest in making them look good as a corporation because <laughs> Who cares? obviously that doesn't exist. And, yeah, it's not not worth my energy. Yeah. Personally. That makes sense. I totally get that. I wanted to ask about your like how the decision came up to medically transition, how that how that came up and what the process was like following through on it. Mm-hmm. And if you have any perspective on that as it relates to you and like in general just that kind of thing within <laughs> society. Oh, so <laughs> what? <laughs> That is so formal. I. <laughs> that's that's the, such a good example of like what we were just talking about. About what? That's like <laughs> I just think through my words like so carefully. No, I, that, that wasn't like kind, that wasn't like a like choosing really my academic. Yeah. That wasn't my choosing a, mm-hmm. my words kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That was a that was like a, as I, it was like the thought was forming as yeah, the words yeah, were yeah. coming out. That makes sense. <laughs> so... I was also choosing my words carefully. <laughs> I mean, I don't talk about this very often, but it's not because I don't want to talk about it. It's just because I tend to only talk about it with people who have either been through it or are, like, looking for specific advice. Mm. Because I really just don't know how to get into it with a lot of people who haven't Mm -hmm. experienced that type of thing because there's really not much else. There's some things, but there's not much else that it is similar to. Yeah, yeah. I feel like a lot of conversations would kind of end up at almost a dead end. Yeah. But, I mean, there also is, like, if I was if I was talking to somebody new about my transness and about my identity and stuff like that, it's probably not the first thing I would jump into just because a lot of, like, media, like, more, like, written media and things like that is more about, and plots in, in shows and things, is about medical transition and yeah. there's a really specific storyline for that usually Mm -hmm. but i am i'm i am interested in talking about the ways in which it wasn't like that for me i guess yeah um yeah i'd love to hear about that because i think we were sort of becoming friends at the time that this was like Mm -hmm. oh yeah and i didn't i didn't really like have the language to talk about it at the time that it Mm. was happening because i was still figuring it out yeah myself and i think one of the most important things that i like to tell people if they're starting to think about gender at all is that you know when I first started thinking about it I'm I'm the type of person who likes to put things in boxes and likes to define things and likes to have answers to questions and I think I was a little bit expecting to get to a point where I would have the answers but more what happened is just that I came to a place of feeling peaceful with where I'm at hmm and all of the things that kind of are unknown, and I think a lot of those things are really special, and and I wouldn't necessarily want to be able to put my gender in a box. Yeah. And have, like, really concrete answers for a lot of things. So, yeah, you might never find answers, or you probably won't. Sometimes with, like, with people who are, like, trans and binary, it might be as simple as, like, oh, I'm a guy or like yeah that's 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 what's happening and then there can it kind of can be 
simple like that yeah Not necessarily every time but it could be but yeah i like being in a place now where there's there's way more questions that i like to think about and things that i just like to roll over in my head than there are answers, answers. Yeah. yeah yeah and as far as why i medically transitioned it was definitely at the time i was i was following a lot more trans creators who were pretty strongly on the stance that you don't need dysphoria to be trans like you don't mm. have to feel super uncomfortable in your body in how you're perceived or in anything you can just seek out what feels right to you without anything feeling horribly wrong so i'm really glad that there was that type of conversation already happening when i was transitioning yeah, yeah. because i think when I first started thinking about it because of the way that like mental health works and self-preservation works in general I was like no I'm fine like I could probably stay this way for the rest of my life but like what if there's something better yeah yeah and then it was only kind of as I allowed myself to work more towards a a more authentic version of myself that I realized how miserable I had been Mm. before yeah or sometimes I would realize like it would be me thinking oh I'm somebody who's like allowed to get top surgery and then all of a sudden knowing that made me realize yeah even even before it had happened like Like, made me realize oh god like I'm so uncomfortable now that I know that I could be so much more comfortable mm, Um, yeah like the like people opening up that possibility yeah because i feel like there's a lot of and especially in media there like in mainstream media there is a lot of like there is a lot of like putting people in boxes and there's a lot of like if you don't feel this way then you don't earn this Mm -hmm. and i think it's good that we're like moving away from that narrative and just like hey if you feel this way you feel this way and it doesn't you don't it doesn't have to be this Mm -hmm. overwhelming huge thing yeah there's this whole like rest respectability thing where some people think you know if every single trans person who transitioned is like this perfect model of a trans person and they're just all they've all known from such a young age and felt extremely dysphoric about everything their whole entire life and then they get the chance to medically transition then says people will respect us and they'll see us as our gender that we actually are and that's so it's just not true yeah and no amount of like policing ourselves and how we express like what's true to ourselves is going to make Mm -hmm. cis people respect us or Mm -hmm. make transphobic people respect us yeah so there's there's really no point yeah in that yeah no that makes sense yeah do you think there is like a common i guess we kind of already talked about this but if there there is like a common misconception about transitioning i mean i kind of alluded to this before but one misconception that i had was that maybe because a lot of people who publish their transitions are really good examples of being like these are my girl photos and like i looked like a girl before and now i look like such a man like isn't that crazy because that's on youtube and stuff like that yeah that gets the most interaction and that gives a lot of hope i think to people who 
aren't comfortable with how they look. Yeah. Um, but it was a year into me being on T that I realized, oh, like this is this idea of like how I will end up looking. It's not owed to me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not entitled to, or I'm not like, it's not, it's not a promise that once you start transitioning, like you can get to the point that you want to get to. Yeah. And so I really had to, I guess, like rethink a lot of my goals, my priorities and how I was even thinking about, I guess, like what it meant to be trans yeah. at that point, because I think part of why I was medically transitioning when I first started was in hopes that maybe people will look at me and like assume that I'm a guy, but like it'll actually be more complicated than that. Uh-huh. That, that was kind of how I would have described it maybe like a year ago. Yeah. Um, but then after I realized that that's not necessarily something that is going to happen eventually, it might, but mm-hmm. it's for a lot of reasons not definitely going to happen. Yeah. Um, I started thinking a lot more about, okay, if everyone for the rest of my life still assumes that I'm a girl, what do I want then? Like, mm. what does being my authentic self mean when people aren't going to automatically see it? But I also think that it's not like anyone was going to automatically understand all the complexities of my identity from just looking at me anyway, so... Yeah, those are really good insights. So, sort of going off of that, how do you feel like things are going right now in this moment? Like, do you feel like you're still evolving and moving towards something? Do you feel like you're, like, still on some kind of journey, or do you feel like things have settled at all? I think it's a lot more just kind of fun and playful and exploratory Mm. now than having kind of like a track of Mm -hmm. where I wanted to get to as soon as I could possibly do it Mm. um Mm -hmm. because at this point it feels really good to know that I have done and am doing everything that I want to be doing as far as transitioning goes I don't know like, I don't know if I'm just talking about the medical aspect or, or like, like, the expression, expression yeah, yeah, aspect as well. Yeah. But, yeah, I I feel a lot more confident that, like, I've done what I can do and I know how to continue, which that kind of security did not exist Yeah. when I was just starting to form some basic ideas. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's Future Wiley, just here with an update that that thing that I said would probably never happened and wasn't owed to me actually ended up happening just a few months after I recorded this interview which I think is kind of funny listening back to it at the time having no idea what was about to happen one of the jobs that I applied to with the he him pronouns in my resume is the job that I actually have right now and it's been really interesting just getting to experience what it's like to just be some guy at work and I feel so grateful that I really just get the sense my coworkers are kind of never thinking about my gender which is very relieving and you know 
getting to hear people just using pronouns that I'm comfortable with, referring to me in ways that I'm comfortable with is very affirming and it in a lot of ways is as good as I thought it was going to be. But also there's some kind of unforeseen consequences of really feeling like I have to have a really tight grasp on all of the things that I'm doing in order to keep up this facade of being binary, maybe even being perceived as cisgender. And listening back on this interview from last year was so enlightening to me because I just was tapped into so much freedom and playfulness and self-expression that I think I have a little bit lost touch with as I've been focusing more on giving off this impression to people and trying to control how people are perceiving me, which, like I said, can never really be any of my end goals because I can't ultimately control how everyone is seeing me. So especially outside of work, I really want to get inspired again to explore different sides of my identity and try different ways of expressing myself that I've not been doing as much in the past few months. I might still have the same type of persona at work, but I just want to take myself less seriously outside of that. And it was really nice to just get to hear that advice from myself. So I'm really grateful for that as well. This is going to be helpful for people. I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm talking to like the reason why I'm being so general is because I want it to be able to be consumed by like trans people and cis people and people who are Mm -hmm. just questioning their gender and stuff like that yeah so that I don't get like too into the specifics of things like for people who might not know and then trans people are like ugh, like I don't want to have to listen to this or I don't want to get too like confusing is it um and like contradictory is it too um annoying of me to say that I think you should say whatever you want um because it's not annoying it's just because like, i not want true like <laughs> or it's not like not helpful for you it's not helpful okay because it's like i am saying whatever i want but like there's so many different ways yeah. to say things that are true to yeah me. yeah and like just because i'm curating how i want to be saying something doesn't mean that it's not true it just means yeah. that i'm thinking a lot about it or that this is like a very specific scenario yeah. That I don't always talk in. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, my goal has sort of been for this to be... I don't know. Like, I feel like different episodes are going to be for different people. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like there's things we talk about that... I don't know. Maybe if someone's, like... If a trans person is, like, I already know this, they can just skip through a little bit, you know? Like... <laughs> I don't think I've... I don't think I've said anything so far that's like, ugh, like, we all know that. Yeah. Like, shut up. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. And I don't think trans people are the only people who think about gender, like, no. all the time. So yeah. I'm just speaking as somebody who <laughs> thinks about gender all the time. What else are you scared to ask me? What am I scared to ask you? Mm-hmm. I assure you they're still very boring questions. Like, not boring as in bad, but just, like, very standard. Very like, standard. questions. You realize, like, the 
level of intrusive questions I've been asked and still given people answers. Mm-hmm. I think, okay, one question I have is how do you, this is, this is like just the most general question that I could ask. Like, what is gender to you? Because one of my, my other question is how do you, okay. I'm going to say it. I'm not going to whisper it. How do you perceive me and my gender? Mm. That doesn't have to Same. stay in. I'm just really curious. Just tell me. Just tell me what the answer is. <laughs> I just need to know the truth. Now we should go back to the other question later. This is the question for now. <laughs> I feel like this is kind of what I was talking about when I was like, people love to, when they're first starting to think about things, they love to want answers and boxes boxes. instead of just realizing that like that's not what you're gonna end up yeah if you keep thinking about this for years and years you're probably not gonna end up with oh it was this the whole time Mm. you're probably just gonna be like wow i think about my gender in a different way every single day that's so cool and it like doesn't have to be a hard annoying part of life it can just be like whoa that's so confusing. Oh, something I that I definitely want to say is I think it was so good for my brain in general to like realize in all its complexity how non-binary I am because I legitimately think that it helped me deconstruct the binaries of so many, so many. other mm. things in life. Like I I literally think it was like 2019 that somebody was first like you know that, like, two things can exist at the same time. And I was like, oh, my brain. Like, uh-huh. And it really helped. It really helped, like, develop that part yeah. of my brain. So that now Look, I can just What's an example of, of that? Uh, what's an example of that in gender or, like, in... Like, you said it helps you, like, you ha- it helped you deconstruct things. And you were saying that's not just mm-hmm. having to do with gender, mm-hmm. but just, like, also well, Like, morality things. and things like that. Mm-hmm. Or, like, mm-hmm. how how people perceive events or other people in in other ways than just gender like yeah an interaction between two people can be perceived by one person as harmful and by the other person as like a fun conversation or something or somebody can be seen as an abuser by one person but as like a really supportive nice person by another person yeah yeah like when you think back on memories of your life it can be both heartbreaking and also nostalgic and things yeah. like that like I think it just helped me be able to hold a lot of things in my brain at the same time mm. and I don't really think now there's like a limit to the amount of different ideas about my gender that I can hold at the same time yeah without feeling like they have to cancel each other out yeah no that makes sense I feel like a lot of being queer in general is just realizing how much we don't have to define and like how Mm -hmm. much there is that is it's sort of to me i feel like it's like you've been let out of a box almost yeah like it ideally yeah ideally that's what it is and it almost gives you a license to view things without the lens of what society wants Mm -hmm. in a way that is hard for a lot of people to do Mm mm-hmm Oh, so yeah, I'm. I guess I'm not gonna answer your no, question. No, you do not have to answer that well, question. Well, but even if I, even <laughs> if I like tried really hard to find words to describe, it's like 
even your perception of your gender is just your perception of your gender on one specific day in this one part of your life, mm-hmm. like, and you're just one person, like, that's still not going to give you a definitive, like, objective answer of anything, if that's what you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> every single time, every single time weird noises happen on the street, wherever I at, it's so why is it funny it just sounds like it just sounds like random interjections to me mm-hmm. I'm like that's literally so random like that, that was... came out of nowhere there was no context for that and they just <laughs> felt like being like <laughs> i just feel annoyance because i listen to this every day and the randomness of it is what bothers me yes no so it's like oh you just started again like stop <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Is there anything you feel like like there's more you wanted to talk about and you didn't really get to that we've already talked about? The first thing that came to my mind that I was just thinking about was um, I was just thinking about labels and how specifically in conversations like this, I'm not going to use a lot of identity terms or mm-hmm. like jargon type yeah. things that's like you might see in online discourse because I don't want I don't want anyone to have the sort of experience where maybe they're listening to me and they're thinking wow that sounds just like me too bad I'm not you know insert label here (laughs) yeah 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 and not just in the case of people like not having realized things yet in the case of like you can feel this way and just use so many different words to describe Mm -hmm. that or use no words to describe that that's another thing that I tend to not really mm-hmm. stress too much about just labels I, in general yeah, I I don't really like when I when I don't like when labels are used for me is so much more about how they're used and if they're used like with somebody making an assumption about what my life experience is like versus what the actual label is yeah yeah like this is also one of the things I guess that I thought would be cool to get into is like mm-hmm. some people I would be cool with them like calling me a girl or like seeing me as a girl some people I'd be cool with them like calling me a guy and seeing me as a guy some people like I would be comfortable with them using the word transmasculine. some people I really hate it when they use that word mm. um I generally don't use the term like afab unless that is literally the only thing that could possibly <laughs> describe what describe I'm trying to say. Specifically what you're talking about, um, yeah. Because I think usually it's avoidable. Um, AFAB being assigned female at birth. Because I really don't like the assumptions that come with that because there's such an infinite amount of life experiences. Yeah, it's not necessarily relevant probably to anything you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like as a community term, I just tend to not always have that much in common with people who use that word in the way that like I'm not going to automatically have a lot in common with people who use any word. Like yeah, words yeah. aren't going to be what I share with people. Yeah. It's going to be more like life experiences. Yeah. Can you explain more what you mean by like you like in in what scenario would you be okay with someone being like oh you're a girl or you're a boy Mm -hmm. I don't really think it counts as far as like boyness I don't really think it counts as being comfortable with somebody calling me something if I'm specifically doing it 
to like put my guard up or something like that like I'll put like completely equating pronouns and gender for the moment <laughs> like I'll put like he him on some of my resumes mm. but put like they them on some of my other resumes or like he they on some of my other resumes because I yeah. have like I have at least three at this point of just different industries that I would be willing to work in so when I applied to this carpentry job I just said you know what like so gay. he him because because gender's not relevant mm-hmm. to the job and there's the thing of like it's a lot easier to recognize transphobia when somebody is refusing to use he him pronouns which everyone has always used like as a gendered pronoun yeah like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. versus like people have all sorts of excuses for not wanting not to use they them pronouns yeah. that like obviously i would have an argument against every point they could make but yeah i'm not a very argumentative person so and it's pretty like it's, it's like you're... it's much more cut and dry if i'm like hey i use he him pronouns and they're like no that's, yeah, that's really like, blatantly like this is not a place yeah. i will be comfortable working yeah and also i found that in like the more kind of technical hands-on less emotional type of work that a job is doing sometimes people are just more open into just being like whatever like that's your life like i'm mm-hmm. not gonna think about your identity at all versus like if emotions or identity are ever talked about in the workplace then it might be harder to or i might not want to be like oh just think of me as a guy like that's that's how we should just yeah go about this like to simplify it like if i was like for example if i was working in a classroom i've been using like on my name tag it says like he slash they a lot of the kids still use she her pronouns for me but because they're kids like my coworkers can use he him pronouns for me and like they them pronouns for me and they still use she her pronouns for me but it's not like yeah i don't know it just doesn't feel as bad yeah because they they're... don't like for the most part that that's not confusing to them mm-hmm. and they're not gonna be like like what i'm what i really am trying to avoid is situations where one person is using one set of pronouns for me and somebody else is like really confused by that yeah yeah and and that like messes with their brain so much that they can't just get over it and just see yeah, me, yeah 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 just like interact with me like a normal person uh-huh. <laughs> um oh and then i guess the people who understand me the most and who i can trust the most to just see me for me like labels not really considered can really call me whatever they want because nothing they say just like for fun because nothing they say is going to actually define anything yeah. about who or like, i am or how they see me sort of the thing of like there's so much focus on pronouns mm-hmm. in general mm-hmm. and i think a lot of cis people have kind of latched onto pronouns as like this is the issue mm-hmm. and it's like it's less an issue of like using the correct pronouns and more like do you see me mm-hmm. in like a certain way like yeah. does you using the, these pronouns mean you view me in a certain way yeah because i feel like kids can see me in that case like kids can see me for me yeah but still use she her pronouns for me and that's just because their brains aren't like that developed yet yeah um and they can fully if somebody was like oh like wiley's a boy they would be like oh okay 
Yeah. But then still, like, they can fully accept that and still not quite know what to do with it. Uh Uh-huh. In a way that somebody with, like, a fully formed adult brain doesn't really have as much of an excuse for like if somebody tells you this is somebody's gender and these are the pronouns they use like I don't know I really just don't get it if you like it's a little bit it's a little bit more biased I guess it's just not as like purely neutral yeah because I can tell when people are putting in the work Mm mm-hmm Versus just kind of telling themselves that they're as good of an ally as they need to be were exactly where they're at. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, I feel like in, like, mainstream media it's made out that queer people are, like, so mad at homophobic people or, like, just, like, so, like... It's like, I used to be so homophobic, like, why <laughs> why would I not be able to understand yeah. that? Like, I just, it takes work. And what I get mad at is when people could be putting in work and they're not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, you. it's all laid out for you. It's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, it kind of is hard. Yeah, no, like, no, no, you're right. You should still do it anyways. Because, mm-hmm. like, it's still not as hard as it was for me. I, a lot of people are, like, like, people kind of in my parents' generation are like, well, I didn't grow up with they, them pronouns. And I'm like, I didn't either. That was also hard for me to do. But, like, it's way easier to do when you don't have to, like, also have that be you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think, I think. Uh, also, part of me thinks, like, it's so much easier for me to have stopped being that blatantly transphobic because I'm trans. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe it would have been harder. Yeah. Otherwise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't so know that. It's so interesting, because yeah. I was, I was um, talking to someone who had just had a conversation with, like, an older queer person, and she said, like, yeah, I think if I were growing up in your generation, I'd be using they, them pronouns. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was interesting, because it's just, it's like, it's sort of like the, like, the way we are viewing things now is so different than how people viewed them, like, even five years ago. Mm-hmm. It's not like non-binary people never existed or like that was never even how people were expressing themselves and identifying. Mm-hmm. It's just we just happen to be using different language now. Mm-hmm. And so maybe like either that means that it's like cool that we're like having words for what's coming up, but also like does language even have that much power, you know? Mm-hmm. like queerness and I really like having that mean that I can just be with anyone who is also queer Mm -hmm. and that's as complex as like my sexuality is it's actually pretty simple in that way yeah a lot of the time when I'm meeting new people who I'd be interacting in that way with I don't know in some ways it's tricky to be like are you like seeing me like the way I want you to see me but if it's just a hookup first of all like it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. to me that somebody like sees me in my entirety. Yeah, maybe there's just maybe there's something specific about that situation that like if it's with a guy or something like that, like I don't need to like contain lesbianness in that yeah. moment. Like I can kind of just pretend that it's more simple than that. Mm-hmm. Just because I feel like it. Like I don't just because I'm complex doesn't mean I always feel like <laughs> existing like 
completely like complex and nebulous sometimes i'm just like actually it's as simple as like right now i'm just yeah this one thing did you see the tiktok of the the girl who was like oh like people always ask me advice for like what to do on a first date or something like that and like how to flirt with people but all i do is like get them a fruity little drink and then that like works every single (laughs) time just like bringing bring like picking if them up someone, like some pretty little drink someone, and like nobody's gonna say no they're just gonna be like oh my god <laughs> if someone got me a fruity little drink i'd be like yeah why does anyone okay my hot take is why does anyone ever want anything except the fruity little drink because i don't know everything else is just doesn't taste good <laughs> it's not fully true but why not get the thing that's called like pink drink you can't go wrong it's pink okay, that's my soapbox right yeah yeah but i really like talking to all sorts of queer people i know that you feel the same obviously it's all right talking to queer people yeah yeah but yeah there's not really i think dating is i wouldn't say that it's that my experience with it is much different from making queer friends other than like sometimes it's easier for me to just like message somebody on an app and be like hey do you want to like hang out and like talk about our lives and like our identities and stuff like that but just like once and then never see each other again like that's easier to me than like meeting somebody organically in person and then deciding like what I want my relationship with that person to be like Mm -hmm. which is more how I see friendship Mm -hmm. yeah and then in my in my current relationship we just like to pretend sometimes that it's just like that we're just straight because it's funny because <laughs> we're both non-binary but like a lot of the time we'll just use language like when we're just talking to each other we'll just use language as if i'm just a binary guy and like they're just yeah. a binary girl and that's it yeah because it's that type of space i think uh-huh. that it doesn't we don't really have to like be putting in work to be like honoring each other's gender that much yeah because it's already an understanding yeah, of what it is exactly so you can just kind of have fun and like, so basically what you're straight. saying is the more queer you get the more license you have to just be straight i think pretending that i'm straight is like the funniest thing like, <laughs> <laughs> like that is actually really hilarious and very a very fun thing to do mm-hmm. And it's, like, at this point, because at this point, that's more subversive to me than being queer. (laughs) It's being, like, oh, actually, I can, you know, some people say, like, if you're non-binary, like, no matter who you're with, it's gay. And I'm, like, "Mm, no. No, what if I I'm going to push back against that, too. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, because I feel like there is an expectation in, like, a gay relationship that society has, like, oh, someone's, like, you know, Mm -hmm. someone's wearing the pants, you know. Um, And, like, and, and so it's, like you're just taking it one step farther but like yeah, yeah we are doing that yeah exactly what I'm are actually, you gonna like, do about it right reclaiming like there being a man and a woman in every queer relationship <laughs> not in everyone but in this one in this one yeah maybe there is maybe there is maybe, maybe there, there is. is and what are you gonna do about that <laughs> another update from the future is that some of the language that i talk about as far as how I describe my relationships ended up evolving. I don't necessarily say as much that like, I'm so queer that I'm straight. I more would phrase that as being butch 
And that's kind of like the gender role that I feel like I'm describing there. I don't know why I wasn't really making that connection at the time because I had like read Stone Butch Blues, knew about some of the history of that identity, but I think it just took me a little while to come around to really seeing myself as somebody who could claim that and somebody who that label would be helpful for. So yeah, that's that's a word that I use now a lot more than I used last year. And also another update is that I'm really thankful that I have stopped using dating apps as a way of kind of finding this pseudo queer community that I describe doing last year. I think I really wasn't ready to open up to people and to form the type of deep relationships that I'm able to form now. So that's a big change over the course of the last year. I love always staying one step ahead of like cis people or like cis at people so that it's like I just want to make it clear that they're never going to understand what's happening here. So yeah, anytime yeah. they start to feel like they're catching up, <laughs> I just want to take it one step further just so they just they stop them. feeling that way again. Just to spite Exactly, them. exactly. <laughs> I think I think they deserve to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, I feel like I would be remiss to not bring up the word transsexual in this conversation because that's a lot of, like, the point that people have been having for using that word is for that exact reason. That it's, like, mm, cis people are getting a little bit too comfortable with, like, talking about gender and thinking that they understand, like, oh, but, like, it's just, like, man, woman, and non-binary. Yeah, And, like, oh, transitioning just, like, cis people, like, knowing about how transitioning works is just, like, (laughs) stop doing that. No, like, (laughs) and I want there to be also a word that they're uncomfortable saying because they maybe don't understand why I'm okay with that word Mm. being used. You know, I, Mm -hmm. I don't. So, like, a reclaiming kind of thing? Yeah, and also just not catering to things that are going to make them feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't use that word very often, though. It's mm-hmm. just something that, like, if somebody who did use that word asked me if I also identified as transsexual, I'd be like, yeah, of course I do. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. But it, it's not something... Like I said, like, I don't tend to use, I don't tend to just, like, throw around identity terms, like, in my mm-hmm. day-to-day life, because I want people to be able to relate to me. Yeah. I get a lot of joy from giving my, myself permission to do whatever I want mm-hmm. <laughs> in terms of queerness. Like, that is so exciting. Yeah. I feel like sometimes nothing feels better than just being, like, you know what? Like what? It's literally not illegal. Is there is there a recent example you can think of? Something you've done that you're like, yes, this is joy. <laughs> I think every time that I've worked closer to there being like nothing I could wear that would make me feel insecure in my gender or mm-hmm. like no way I could express myself that would make me feel insecure in my gender. Like the more that I expand what my identity means to include all of those different forms of expression like that's super joyful to me 
yeah just like not taking queerness and transness too seriously sometimes because like a lot of conversations to that are happening right now are obviously more centered around transphobia yeah um and like dysphoria and how much it sucks to be a trans person but i don't know just thinking about all the cool parts about like how much i'm able to understand myself and trust myself and connect with other people and have empathy for other people's life experiences that's super cool yeah and i'm i'm like so grateful that i am this way yeah and not any other kind of way yeah i feel that way too i would just i'm like i've thought about a lot like i feel like i would be sad if i were not this way Mm -hmm. i wouldn't know why (laughs) like i feel like yeah there's a whole there's just so much here that a lot of people are missing out on and like it's a lot of fun and i don't know i feel like being queer i just know myself a lot i know myself a lot better Mm -hmm. and i think i know myself a lot better than i think it's not to say it's like not possible for straight people to know themselves Mm -hmm. but like i think being like confronted with like having something that's like this is not a societal norm it like mm-hmm. and having that being like sort of like not even something you're born with but like thrust upon you like because it's it's not always like a from birth kind of thing mm-hmm. kind of forces you to break out and view things in a different way and then view yourself in a different way mm-hmm. well i feel like i feel good about that mm-hmm. i feel like there's i feel like there's always so much more we could be talking about you know mm-hmm. i feel like i'm never gonna be like fully satisfied with anything all right but one but one interview with somebody like it would be yeah. different if it was like like you're and my like podcast together and that was like the whole podcast but like i don't think that you should get into like the deepest like most complicated stuff like if it's mostly just like a brief overview yeah about like yeah gender and stuff no you're right any, Did you shy away from anything? Probably. <laughs> you can come back. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Wiley. I had a really good time talking to you, and just thanks for sharing everything you had to share. It's so nice to be able to. I feel like we've had a lot of these conversations off the record, and I'm just really excited for other people to hear them. I feel like I said that in the intro, but I'm going to say it again. And yeah turn one person gay this week we turn one person gay this week next week no that's we'll, your homework that's 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 your homework okay your homework every listener that's, turn, that's turn, your homework turn one more person gay this week yeah this week like before the next podcast before the next one drops yeah yes mm-hmm. all right goodbye Hi there, this is Sophia. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of I Don't Know Any Straight People Anymore. I'm out of town, so forgive me for the bad audio quality here, and also forgive me for the hiatus. Life happens, you know? Anyway, we should be back to regular weekly episodes coming up. Our cover art is by Des Bennett, who's at Art by Des on Instagram. 
See the show notes for music credits. You can follow us on Instagram at idkanystraightpeople. Look up the spelling in the notes if that's confusing. You can also email me at idkaspa at gmail.com, although I don't know why you'd want to, still. I Don't Know Any Straight People Anymore can be found on most streaming platforms. Tune in next Sunday, hopefully, for when I'll talk to another queer person. Have an awesome day. Also, I learned today that Aubrey Plaza is a Phillies fan, which, you know, I think that's a win for the gays. Okay, bye.